This week on Erotic Awakening, coloring ceremonies, voodoo, and too many dates. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening. When? Right now. When you support Erotic Awakening via Patreon, you are not only helping support the educational mission for our community, but also receive early access to podcasts, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and other content. Thank you to all of our supporters, like Jeff. Today on the podcast, we will be talking about collaring ceremonies. We'll Wait. get there in a minute. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. Did we not do that part? <laughs> no, no, sir. It's, I suppose maybe there's a good reason for that. You mentioned a bit ago that you were a bit tired. I'm a bit tired, that's for sure. Wiped out, exhausted, and we're not done yet. So I have a quiz for you. Oh, shit. It has been. Now, we took a week off the podcast. We did. And during that time between this podcast and the previous podcast, name all the events that we have presented at. Not just attended, but presented at. Holy cow. So I think, and I don't remember if we did Mast Denver before the last podcast or after the last podcast. So I'm going to say Mast Denver. Okay. And then, and you just say in live. So Edmonton for four days. We had Colorado Springs polyamory munch last night. Those are three, and I feel like I'm forgetting one. Yeah, I did too. Oh, shit. I feel like it I'm forgetting been... one, but yeah, it's been a little crazy, and that's not counting Zooms. Plus, I had sock on the Saturday before yep. Denver Mast. We did that on the road. We pulled over, got our internet working, and I logged into that one. And like I said, then we did Denver Mast. We talked for three hours nonstop because that's what we do. And then Edmonton was a long trip, Wicked in the West. That was phenomenal. It was indeed. So we had a couple classes there, did a lot of chit-chatting with people, and then the Poly Month last night that was what do you think 50 people oh yes easy yeah so that was a huge group and for some reason i'm not sleeping well so exhausted (laughs) and then we leave for chicago in a couple of days for the kinky college for the kinky college super fun when we got on the plane to go to edmonton (laughs) there were three people in Directly one seat in front of us. So you could tell that they were together. They already got our attention because they ran to the gate. All right. So they ran to the gate. They're huffing and puffing. And of course, our, our, the, they're not flight attendants. I don't know what they are. But anyway, the customer service people at the door, they had just decided to board 10 minutes late because there was something that had oh, to be yeah. mechanical that had to be done to the plane. And so this these poor three people huffing and puffing, and they get there, and they're bent over trying to catch their breath, and then they're told, oh, you had 10 more minutes. But they didn't know that. And then they sit right in front of us on the plane, and we're in the very back seat. Little did we know it was not only people that were going to be presenting at the event that we were at, Mm -hmm. people that live here in Colorado, (laughs) actual title holders, apparently some... uh, They're international master slave. There you go. That is a title. That is a title. (laughs) So that was pretty amazing. That was cool. And there was little hints. I almost wanted to ask them. And sometimes there's hints that with hindsight are hints. At the moment, he had a leather jacket and leather boot. That could be anybody. We've worn I was going to say, we've worn our leather jackets and leather boots on a plane before, so we don't have to pack them. Oh, wait, that would be us. One of the three, and there was three of them. That could have been a hint. Sure. With the way they interacted with each other. One of them had a stuffy. 
So that can always be a hint. Not too many adults would bring their stuffy out in public on a plane. And specifically, an emotional support snuffleupagus. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. That We didn't even know that they were international title holders and fellow presenters until we arrive in Edmonton. And we go to, we meet the event producer who's there to pick us up. And they were picking them up as well. Exactly. Exactly. So oh, that was oh. really cool. They were nice. Speaking of wicked, we have a shout out for Belly Menu. Belly Menu, who was quite apparently quite envious that Passenger and Whisperer got to have a meal with us and they could not attend. Oh, they've been podcast listeners for a while and had hoped to make it to the event and weren't able to. So shout out to you. As well as we ran into again, good friends, Tactic Ghost and Land of Shadows and Knights of Mist and... Akisha. We ran into Akisha and a few other people. So as well that was really Curious cool. Wolf, lots of others. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I very much recommend hard, the Edmonton event. Hard to believe how many people we knew from Edmonton. We've been to Lupercalia, what, twice? Many and, years ago. Though. Yeah, many years ago. And met some great people then, and they were here now. And then the following night, we go to, we get back on Monday, and then Tuesday we were presented here in Colorado Springs, mm -hmm. New Leatherworks. Super impressive space that they have there. Uh, yeah, I'd love to go to a party there. That's laid out super nice. Mm -hmm. So they've got social space separate from the dungeon space, lots of great equipment. So yeah, I, I would love to try that out if we come through here again. So there you go. There's the social hour for social hour. <laughs> social stuff that we started before we actually got into this, Dawn, our actual topic. Topic. Thank you. Yeah. Collaring ceremony. Oh. So you have a collar. I do. How long have you been wearing that collar? 21 years. Over 21 and a half years. I've been wearing the, the day collar with the engraving on it. So let, I guess we should start off here. What is a collaring ceremony? For me, a collaring, for my collar, oh my gosh, it can be so many things come to think of it. But for me, that was our first commitment Thank ceremony. Thank you. So for us, when we got together, we actually didn't have any intentions of getting married. So the collaring ceremony was going to be our commitment ceremony. So we took a year and a three months, like almost a year and a half of trying to figure out what kind of relationship we wanted and how we were going to design it and things like that. And then when in we realized we were serious about becoming Power Exchange. We started designing that. And then once we got it all figured out and took that breath and were ready to take the plunge, we had a collaring ceremony. We went to a friend's house. We had close friends come and join us. And we did it in their basement. We actually had a priestess bless us. And you put the collar around my neck. Now, we've had... You and I have been, we've attended a variety of collaring mm -hmm. ceremonies, and we'll talk about those. We, I actually collared a number of people in ceremonial way that you've been a part of in some fashion a number of times. In general, though, I feel that a collaring ceremony is, it's part of the power exchange relationship, but it's pretty significant because it says, from a leader's perspective, and I'm going to tell you what I think of it as a leader, and you can tell me what your view as a follower is. Okay. But as a leader, my view is it is me making a commitment to you that what you are in, we're not going to get into is, is submission a gift, 
you have decided that I am going to have authority over you, authority over the decisions that are made that impact your life. And you've said, all right, Dan, I am going to give that to you. To me, putting a collar on you is a symbol of commitment, like you said earlier, and of respect and of, and I'm going to go and I'm going to say commitment again in a different fashion into say, I am making a commitment to you to be a good leader, accept the responsibility of being a leader and stick with you for a negotiated time period and to be a positive aspect of your life, to not take advantage of you. To me, that is a variety of the different things that putting a collar on somebody says to me that I want to convey to them. Nice. For me, as the follower, I'm with you. It's all about the commitment to surrender to your leadership. It's a commitment to follow you with trust. It's a commitment to these things. So not just the relationship, but the power exchange part of the relationship to be committed to that as well and to continue to evolve and to continue to communicate and to continue to try to make this a very powerful dynamic for us right so lots of commitment for that and it's also a celebration it was a celebration mm. that we had done the work to at least to start to begin the foundation of the relationship that we had committed to so i liked that as well i liked celebrating with our friends the people that we invited we had started a support group for power exchange before doing the collaring. And these were friends that were part of that support group. So they were all power exchange people. They were people that we were going to depend on for support. They were close friends. And that was really cool. And no one had done a collaring before that. We hadn't attended any collarings before that. The little bit of research that I could find, I think there was, I think there's something in Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorn. Yep. I think there was a little bit of that in there. So we took a little bit of that. We took a little bit of, I would, had just started my pagan path. So a little bit of ritual from that. Picked things out of the blue to create this ritual that was ours. So We also had some influence for those old timers out there from Castle Realm which is a website oh, that used yeah. to be the thing for power exchange. People that is true. Ago. That is true. There was some stuff on there. I've looked recently. Does Castle Realm still exist? I doubt it. I know she passed and he kept it up for a little while. Look, Castle Realm Archives comes up if I Google it. Yeah, and we are. I think that what you're going to find is it never made it out of the MySpace. Yeah. Because yeah, you're seeing, you're looking there, this archive you're looking this oh, page you're here right. 2007. This is, two yeah, there's not much yeah. here at all. That is such a shame. Depending on the situation, oh. I have, some collaring rituals are done with a large group, with pop and circumstance, with a lot of ceremony, with a lot of, like you said, you might have a priest or priestess or someone in that role. Or just someone in charge. It could either be a leather, leather elder. Do you remember at Master Rick and his previous slave at their house there was a collaring ceremony and they brought in somebody from cleveland to be the master of ceremonies 
Oh, yeah. In the backyard there. We've certainly seen, there's sometimes there's an ordeal ritual as part of the mm-hmm. calling ceremony. I'm a big fan of those. Sometimes it's done just with the two people who are involved and they're just making a commitment to each other. That's so there is public ways to do this, like we've said, mm-hmm. different examples. There's private ways to do this. You've done that with a couple of yours, like you said. And then there's some big fucking blowout ways of doing it too. So I got to officiate is the right word because I was legally, legally marrying them as well. Marrying them. Yes. So I'm legally licensed in the state of Ohio to perform weddings. So they're collaring. This was the international president of NLA at the time. And him and his partner decided that they were going to get married, but they were also going to put a collaring, add a collaring to it. And I've done this for a couple of people, but this one was like, he's the international president of NLA. This was huge. There was probably what, a hundred people there. Something. It was awesome. Everybody's in their leathers and I'm in my leather vest and my clergy stole, which was cool. And my leather collar. So we're talking like what? 2000 and three, four, something. I think I got licensed in four. So I think it was then. And so she's dressed in sheer black with a corset on, carrying red roses. She's being led down the aisle. Before she's led down the aisle, all the bridesmaids are holding, right, like roses, and they're lining the aisle. And then another member of the community has the bullwhip, bull whipping the roses so that the petals fall on the floor. And then she's walked down the aisle in a collar with a leash on by another respected member of the community. And then I do the wedding that I've mixed a collaring in. So the wedding was done first or was the collaring done first? I don't remember. I would think the wedding was done first, followed by the collaring, but I bet you it was the collaring first because they felt that was more important and the wedding was the paperwork. So it was just really awesome, followed by a cigar social, of course, and things like that. So that was really cool. So you can do it very public like that. And then others, I remember Barrick and Sheba set aside a room at Winter Wickedness or cope. And it could have been both because a lot of people were asking for stage time or a spare room time to perform collaring. So instead they set aside a room and on Saturday afternoon, people scheduled collarings (laughs) and invited the people that they wanted to invite. It could be closed or an open collaring. And that's what we did. And some of those were weddings as well. So some I got to officiate and some they had other members of the community do master of ceremonies sort of thing. So if I was to ask you, Dawn, if matter of fact, not me, let's say somebody else were to ask me, hey, I want to, I'm going to do a coloring ceremony with my person. What would you, how would you tell them to do that? What do you, what are the steps to creating a coloring ceremony? Should you download one that already exists off the internet or is there a better way to go? Well, you can. And I used to have copies of the collarings out on my website, but I took it down because we're getting ready to put it in a book in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Ceremonies. So you can, but honestly, I would, I'm, and I'm like that. I'll try to find stuff and research stuff that people have done, but I found there's not much out there which is fine because you get to create your own, right? You want to, for the ceremony itself, you want an beginning, a middle, and an end. And if you can remember that part, that you need a beginning, 
a middle, which is where you're going to be collaring them, and then an end, whether it's, gosh, I don't know, what did I do with Rafe and, yeah, we started with the welcome everybody, this is what we're doing, then we did the thing, and then we said, please congratulate, just like a wedding. And you can do that for a collaring ceremony. Some people involve chains and roses and maybe a collar put in a vase or however you want to be creative. So here's what I would recommend. Okay. Absolutely. You can do it any way you want. But if you're saying, Dan, I'm coming to you. I want to, how should I do this? I say, you started off any way you want to. You started off saying, with both of you making some commitment to each other. You do the middle part where the collar is going on the person, whatever that looks like. You end it with, it comes close to the end with that follower making some commitment to you that they're gonna follow you. And then you change your status on FetLife and you do it together and you do it as a fun thing. Simple as that. You could add audiences, you can add all of the things you want, but you want it to be significant to you, right? So if what I just said, if that resonates for you, then steal it. If it doesn't, keep poking around and find that thing that makes you happy. Mm -hmm. I agree with all of that. And I love to design rituals. So, you know, if you want to ask me questions, feel free. But you've mentioned something very minute. And I know you were about done talking with it about this, <laughs> but I want to mention this one little thing that you've mentioned, and then we glossed over it. And that was the ordeal ritual. See, Everybody you've collared, you've put through an ordeal ritual. You've put me through three formal collarings and each one of those was a different ordeal ritual to see if we were really serious. So I will suggest that not everybody has had an ordeal ritual. Temp Slave, who we have oh, that is on true. the show before, did not have ordeal as part of the collaring. And Pet Tracy does not did not have an ordeal as part of the collaring. Although we do have KK coming up in a week, and I'll see her. Maybe I'll pull something out to surprise her. <laughs> but often, I will include that ordeal ritual. And for me, that's just a matter of, it's not a place. So if you picture BDSM play with a flogger and a cane, right, then you've, you're probably picturing some kind of warm-up, some kind of respect for the bottoms tolerance an ordeal ritual is just like that without the part of warm-up or respecting their tolerance it is a hard rough i've got to use the word violent bdsm scene that's the statement of do you know why i'm doing this because I can. That's what you're signing up for. You've done that with a couple. Mm -hmm. Mine didn't involve that. Mine was about providing service for our group of friends. And then when I messed up, putting my face in the floor and taking my, throwing my collar, the temp collar I had on across the room and telling me to stay there. All of you guys went into the basement getting ready for the ritual if it was going to happen because you looked at me and said, you fucked up. You're going to have to get better. Is this something you want to do? Stay here and think about it. And if you think you're worthy enough to do this, then come downstairs and we'll have the ritual. So we have the hardcore BDSM, we uh, have the failure, and then we have this third thing, which I actually do with, I think, nearly everyone, and there's going to be exceptions to everything. The saying, I got a fourth thing, but... Is the go to my house, fuck mm -hmm. the dog, 
masturbate on the bed, and then clean up the cat litter. And that's a part of that collaring ceremony that starts obviously beforehand, but it's just a way of saying that sometimes service is taking care of my dog, sometimes it's sex, sometimes it's cleaning up shit. And don't think that service to me means you're going to get one of those all the time. You're not. But you are going to get all three of them at some point. And then I was thinking of our second ritual where we did a year and a day for the first mm. contract. We decided to renew it. And at the beginning of our renewal ceremony, you took my collar off and gave me to the attendees. Mm. So another... Which they took advantage of. Which they took advantage of. And actually, I had a really fucking good time. But that's something that we did for our renewal to make sure that it still was something that we wanted to do. Of the four, again, we'll recap. Dungeon slut, cleaning up shit, <laughs> um, violent BDSM, and facing the four fla failure. Of those four ordeal rituals, which one do you think was the most challenging? For me? Yes. Well, man, they both have their challenges, right? I'm going to say the first one was more challenging because I literally had thought I had made the choice. And then I'm face down on the floor having disappointed you feeling like shit. I thought, because I like being the best at what I do. And here I had failed you. And you wanted me to make sure that this is what I wanted. And I, it's what I wanted and I didn't know if I could do it. And then I decided to bite the bullet and I got up on my feet, got the collar, walked down the stairs and hoped that you were still wanting to commit to this. And here we are 21 years later. Indeed. Indeed. If you want to know, Dawn, about those events we just talked about or where we're going to be in the future because we're not done yet we still have a variety of things just in october alone we've got multiple events left and we're going to be doing stuff in arizona so that is coming well. up and we'll be in new mexico and we will be in all kinds of places if would it we be... just, wait we just got invited to montana and montana New York, Michigan, Toronto, and another New York, which just came in, by the way, oh. are all on the agenda. Not <laughs> the agenda, the radar, so to speak. <laughs> Is the best way to find out of all, all that stuff a crystal ball? Ooh, wouldn't that be lovely? But no. So keep up with all of our events, book news and discounts, and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And you get your EA shout-out, like Kristen from Montana. Michelle from Texas. Bells from Virginia. Ashley from Ohio. Erica from Ohio. Iva from Slovakia. Greg Ooh. and Sherry from Edmonton. Awesome. Head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. Don, just like that, we are through with the podcast. Too bad you didn't get any tentacles. I got tons of tentacles. And you know what? Once we are done with this podcast, then we jump into our patron chat on, right on the Avery yeah. in about 10 minutes with our patrons. Tentacles. Chip, the tentacle guy, you disappear for a little while. And then when you show up again, holy.
holy cow. So we've got everything from, he just sends me a long list of links and it's amazing. So everything from an octopus crawling up a woman's leg. Did I say that octopus? Yes. An octopus crawling up a woman's leg to an octopus mailbox, coffee cups, a stair railing, a beard with googly eyes that looks like an octopus attacking his face, an earplug, which isn't really, it's like an earplug with a tentacle on it. So it looks like a tentacles coming out of your ear. Okay. So that's really oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. And then on our Discord channel, we got Enigma sent some hentai and Joyful Wish, some tentacle shoes, Basanos, a witch with a spell book summoning Holy tentacles. Cow. So that's the perfect time of year okay. for that. So all kinds of links and stuff. I almost took a picture. Where were we at? We were somewhere outside of Colorado Springs. We were doing a little touristy historic town. And there was the glass shop with all the neat stuff in it, mm -hmm. remember? And yes. there was the tentacle glass light thing. And someone was wanting to... I almost took a picture of that for you guys and they, put it on our Discord. But they don't like you when you may take pictures in... Crafty places. Crafty. I guess they thought I was going to... Glass blow my own, yes. yeah. <laughs> Though I do know a glass blower might be able to make it for me. If you were <laughs> on our Instagram, normally we say it's all nice and vanilla, but I think there's a picture of Don sucking a chocolate cock. And there's one of me being an exhibitionist in a disc golf course. So suddenly so, our Instagram is getting a little nasty. Yes, 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 it was a naughty. It was a chocolate cock with googly eyes. Yes, it was. <laughs> You can find us on Instagram and see the picture of the day as Erotic Awakening. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple. What is that with this accent? It's not Canadian. I don't know what it is. Rate us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcasts, comments, or just to say hi. You can find us as Dan and Dawn at the Twitter and FetLife. We are Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Use the link from the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and Discord. Or just email us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.